Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator Daily Politics Podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. The Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, courted controversy this week when she wrote an apparently unauthorised article for The Times accusing the police of bias, ahead of Armistice Day and the planned pro-Palestine rally. This did go ahead despite the wishes of the Home Secretary and the Prime Minister. The police subsequently had to deal with violence from far-right groups who converged on the cenotaph. Trevor Phillips asked Defence Secretary Grant Shapps if Bravman's actions might have made it harder for the police to maintain peace. Shapps paid tribute to the police, but claimed that the violence had nothing to do with Bravman's article, as the groups had already planned to be there. You say it would have been better to focus on those things, but you weren't helped by your, your Cabinet colleague... Uh the Home Secretary, with her article, which drew attention to the right and, some would say, encouraged um, Tommy Robinson and the EDL uh, uh, gang to turn up. Um, the, the truth is, last, week, last weekend, uh, you had Labour on the ropes over their divisions on uh, Gaza. Um, this weekend, uh, Mrs Braverman has turned the fire on you, hasn't she? Well, forgive me, tempting as it is to get drawn into the politics of who's up or down one weekend or the other between political parties, I'm more interested you're, you're today a politician, Mr. in Shapps. remembering that's, that's people. That's your job, isn't it? I, I am, but I'm also a Defence Secretary, and I, the, the, the nation is coming together today in particular uh, to remember those who've given the ultimate sacrifice. That's why I'm here today, not to really but, but discuss my, the politics of who's up exactly, or down one weekend or the other. My question is exactly that. It is your colleague who turned this into a question, a political question, when she accused the police of playing favourites when it came to protesters. Based on what you saw, you are out there, I was out there. Did you see the Metropolitan Police playing favourites yesterday? Well, look, unfortunately, the police have to respond to whatever is in front of them. And I want to pay tribute to the uh, police and, in fact, all of our civilian services, as well as the armed forces this weekend, part of what we should be remembering this, this, uh, this armistice and, and Remembrance Sunday. Um, but um, it is the case that some people just turned up determined. By the way, nothing to do with what the Home Secretary said in terms of having already said they would be here doing these things um, to disrupt things here at the cenotaph, but also, I'm afraid, elements joining to celebrate what terrorists have done, Hamas so, have done, uh, and, okay. and, and chanting clearly racist things, all of which, okay. all so of this which had nothing to needs do to be prosecuted. The Shadow Home Secretary had a rather different point of view. Yvette Cooper argued categorically that Braverman had undermined the police and inflamed tensions at a difficult time. She told Laura Koonsberg that Rishi Sunak was weak in allowing her to act in such a way and that she shouldn't be allowed to carry on in her role. Cooper also pointed out that Braverman had previously broken the ministerial code under Liz Truss and suggested she should never have been reappointed in the first place. Nick Khan, your colleague, the London mayor, Good has morning, blamed Laura. Suella Braverman directly for the clashes at the protest yesterday. Is he right? Well, Remembrance should have been a weekend for everyone to come together. And we did see some appalling scenes in the capital yesterday, including the far-right, uh, thuggish, violent behaviour attacks on police officers of people trying to get to the cenotaph. And also, we saw some awful anti-Semitic uh, cases as well on, uh, that are still being investigated by the police. Uh, I think we should thank the police 
for the work they did to make sure that armistice wasn't disrupted. That was what they said they would do. But it is undoubtedly the case that the Home Secretary made the job of the police harder this weekend. She inflamed tensions. She also uh, attacked the police, undermined respect for the police at a really important time. That was highly irresponsible. It's just not the way any Home Secretary would do that job other than Suella Braverman. And Rishi Sunak is being so weak that he is allowing her to do that. It's very damaging. Should she be sacked then? She shouldn't carry on in this job. Clearly, he needs to take action to do this and uh, he, he needs to remove her. But to be honest, he also should not have appointed her to this job in the first place because recall that she was appointed five days after being sacked by Liz Truss for breaking the ministerial code. Uh, and I think it's also uh, the fact that we've had this effectively support for her position of undermining the police at such an important time, casting doubts on their impartiality, casting doubts on their operational independence, rather than working with them, you really need the Home Secretary to have credibility and authority on working with the police, uh, on helping make sure that communities are cohesive and calm. She doesn't have the authority or credibility to do that. The upcoming vote on an SNP King's Speech Amendment, which calls for immediate ceasefire in Gaza, is causing further division in the Labour Party. Some shadow ministers are reportedly ready to resign rather than vote against a ceasefire. Koonsberg asked Yvette Cooper whether an anonymous Labour briefing which described resignations from the party as shaking off the fleas was racist. Cooper agreed that it was a disgraceful comment and said it didn't come from anyone close to the Labour leadership. Koonsberg then asked whether Keir Starmer would sack any MPs who vote in favour of the ceasefire and Cooper repeatedly evaded the question, saying she couldn't preempt the processes around the Speaker selecting amendments. And we've heard in the last few minutes, Yvette Cooper, the Labour peer, Shami Chakrabarti, suggests that some of the anonymous briefings from the leader's office bordered on being racist and were offensive. Now, the briefing she was referring to, in case you didn't hear, was to saying that resignations from the party on the issue of a ceasefire were just shaking off the fleas. Do you think that that briefing was racist and offensive? So... My understanding is that did not come from anybody anywhere near the Labour leadership and that the party has made that uh, abundantly clear and I understand that that has been recognised and accepted. Clearly it's a totally disgraceful thing to say and that's why nobody uh, in the Labour leadership would have said it. Uh, so, um, you know, we, we shouldn't sort of perpetuate the, the misinformation about this. It is clearly disgraceful, but my understanding is it has nothing to do with the Labour leadership. And when it comes, though, to the vote in the next few days in the House of Commons, will Labour MPs, will Labour shadow ministers who want to vote for a ceasefire be disciplined if they vote against the leadership's position? So I think you're talking about possible votes that may take place around the King's speech. Just in, in terms of what the, the procedures are, I think there's around 15 amendments already that have been put down around the King's speech. There may be more, and we don't yet know which amendments the Speaker will select um, or what the next steps will be. There's always then a process in which uh, the Labour Party and the Whip set out the response But there's likely that point. to be a so vote on a ceasefire in the Middle East that, of it, you, 
Will well, Labour MPs, you, will you're Labour front benches issue, be so let me address the broader, if they vote let, for a ceasefire? So let me address the broader issue because um, I can't preempt the, the processes around the Speaker selecting amendments and the way in which the party responds to amendments that are, have been set out and the different amendments that have been set out. But look, there is a, a wider issue here, which is the devastating things that are happening in the Middle East at the moment and the real uh, deep, deep concern and distress there is. We have seen 4,000 Palestinian children killed in Gaza. Hostages are still being held. There's obviously a humanitarian crisis at the moment. And I think that everyone wants to see an end to the violence and, and a proper uh, measures to address the humanitarian crisis that are in place. And we talked about that at great length on the programme this Labour morning, is but I'm asking you a specific to, to question. If there is a vote on a ceasefire in the House of Commons this week, will Keir Starmer sack front benchers who vote for a ceasefire, which is different to his own position? And I understand, and you asked me that question, Laura, and as I've said, I can't preempt the process that we will go through with the selection of amendments that hasn't yet taken place by the Speaker and the Labour Party will then set it's a very out its elegant way of avoiding the, the amendments that um, are selected. Pressure is growing on Israel as some of its allies have begun calling for a ceasefire. French President Emmanuel Macron has told Israel to stop bombing women and children and the US Secretary of State Antony Blinken has said too many Palestinians are being killed. Koonsberg asked the President of Israel, Isaac Herzog, if they were listening to their allies. Herzog said they were listening but first needed to defend themselves. He claimed Israel worked exactly according to the rules of international humanitarian law and that many of the tragedies affecting Palestinian civilians are caused by Hamas. Herzog said he was a huge supporter of peace in the Middle East. Hear the hurt and agony that you have expressed that Israelis have felt, but your allies, many of the people who back Israel, believe that the extent of your response has now gone too far. President Macron has called for a ceasefire. He said Israel is killing babies and it needs to stop. The Secretary of State of the United States, Antony Blinken, has said too many Palestinians are being killed. Isn't it time, President Herzog, that you listen to your allies, notwithstanding that terrible pain of your countrymen? So first of all, we of course we listen to our allies, but first and foremost we defend ourselves. And President Macron already last night and even today in an article in Le Parisien actually corrected the image that came out of that interview because of course he made it clear Israel has no does not intentionally kill civilians children and 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 innocent people god forbid we don't we but, operate but according Herzog, exactly according to the way wait Laura you have to enable we 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 were we work exactly according to the rules of international humanitarian law we alert each and every civilian because their homes have become terror bases. Please go out. We send them leaflets, we call them, we phone them, we text them, we enable them to go down, we give them humanitarian uh, pauses so that they can go down. Unfortunately, there are tragedies. We don't shy away from them, but truly, many of the tragedies are done by Hamas, like they bombed Shifa Hospital yesterday, not Israel. And we can go on and on by explaining this, but one thing is clear. We need to eradicate that terror machine. We need to eradicate this ISIS-Hamas 
Hitler ideology. This is the truth. Otherwise, you won't have peace in the Middle East. And believe me, I'm a huge supporter of peace in the Middle East all my life. But unfortunately, so long as there is terror, nobody can indirectly or directly support terror because that's the reason that we're at war. Grant Shapps defended Israel's military action, claiming that civilian deaths are inevitable in war and comparing the bombardment of Gaza to Britain's bombing of Dresden, despite that taking place before the Geneva Conventions established modern international humanitarian law. Shapps supported Herzog's claims that Israel were going out of their way to protect civilians, mentioning reports of Israeli military contacting civilians and telling them to move on before advancing. Shapps said Hamas needed to stop using civilians as human shields and that the UK was working hard to try to secure the release of British hostages in Gaza. But some of Israel's allies, like France, like the United States, are starting to express concern about the extent of the response. Do you think Israel has gone too far in its response to the horror of what happened? Our President Macron even said it should stop, there should be a ceasefire. Does the UK believe that Israel is acting proportionately? The UK believes strongly that Israel must act within international humanitarian law. It's not my question. Law. Do you believe Israel is acting proportionately? And secondly, I've seen and actually read on the BBC uh, in particular very detailed accounts of how Israel military leaders have called up people and asked for their assistance in ensuring that civilians in Gaza are moved before they go after Hamas terrorists. I think it's kind of... We've sort of forgotten that in war, very sadly, people lose their lives. When Britain bombed Dresden, 35,000 people apparently lost their lives. People die in war. When you have an organisation like Hamas hiding and shielding themselves with and under the civilian population, it's a sad fact that some people will but lose their lives. You can see, though, that some of Israel's allies, like the US, like France, are uneasy with the scale of that response. That's not to say no civilians are going to be caught up in this. Yeah. That is the sad reality of what people see happening right now. But do you believe, I ask again, what Israel is doing is proportionate? I think Israel obviously is in a difficult place because when they go after the terrorists, some civilians are getting caught up. No one wants to see a civilian life. It doesn't matter if it's an Israeli or somebody from Gaza uh, taken. However, if Britain had been uh, subject to an attack of terrorists coming in, murdering 1,400 people, cutting off heads, we would not, and we knew where those terrorists had gone, no one would be saying to Britain, oh, just stop going after them, even though, you know, those tunnels, those, those caves that they operate from, where all of those tens of thousands of rockets are being stored, how can we ask Israel not to go and destroy those bunkers? Uh, and unfortunately in war, you end up in a situation where other people get caught up in it. The answer is for Hamas to stop using those people as human shields and, by the way, release the over 200 hostages they have, some of whom are Brits. And so we should absolutely be on the side of right, and right in this case is going after Hamas. Can you tell us anything about the British hostages you mentioned there? Uh, only that we are working our socks off to try to get them uh, released, working very uh, closely in ways I, I can't um, go into on, on, on TV. Uh, and I'm arranging to speak to uh, the families of, of, of some of the British uh, hostages as well. Um, and I, our thoughts are with those who are being held uh, well over 200 every single day. Um, they've been, I think, in some ways forgotten in this conflict. It's where it started, and the wrong is entirely on Hannah's side for keeping them hostage at this time. That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman, and this podcast was produced by Joe Bidell-Brill. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffee House Shots podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily evening blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening and do join us again next week. 